Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come in. I take authority over the atmosphere. I cast out every unclean spirit, anything that's going to hinder the word of God. I call forth angels now to stand guard around the pulpit. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will have me behind the cross. Give me access and ability to minister third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. If I was going to pick a topic today, it will be pulled out. I'm going to be in the book of Luke, the 21st chapter, starting at verse 34 through 35. I'm going to be in Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. And I'm going to touch a little bit in Revelations, the third chapter, starting at verse 7 through 13. And the, the scriptures I'm going to talk about, I'm going to kind of change it up the way God gave it to me. But we know that in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17, it is clear description of the, it says, of the main rapture event where believers will be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord. And we know in the Greek, caught up, a catch up means to, it says, um, it also, it means it's translated as rapturo. It says in Latin from which the English word, English word means to rapture has been translated. But I'm going to be talking about it from a different perspective. And um, these scriptures are dealing with what is going to appear and happen um, before the second coming of Jesus Christ. But God gave it to me in a way that how we're, God is pulling us up out of situations before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we need to understand what is going on. And a lot of times we don't want to let go of certain things. So I'm going to be in the book of Luke. And I looked up the word pull. It says an act of taking hold of something. And it says, it says right here, we're forced to draw it towards one. And you got to understand something. What God is doing and what God is, is really manifesting in the hearts and the minds of the people. That God is really um, pulling people out of circumstances and situations. Those that want to be caught up, those that want to be pulled up out of things in this hour, those that are sick and tired of their situation, God is going to pull them out in order to save them so they can meet Jesus when he comes again. But a lot of times you're going to find out huh, there's going to be some people that don't want to be caught up or pulled up out of a situation. And it says right here, the second definition of pull, it says a force drawing someone or something in a particular direction or course of action. And a lot of times we don't want to be pulled out of situations. We get comfortable. We get stagnated in our situation. And then we come to church year after year. We make these false lies and promises in the, when we cross over to the new year and saying, God, this and this and that. But yet down and deep down in your heart, you really don't want to be pulled up out of anything. Because we keep going through this vicious cycle. Exerting force to draw it towards one. And that one that we need to be doing and drawing this force is, is Jesus Christ. But a lot of times we don't want that. We say it with our, our intellectual minds. But our spirits do not want to be drawn and pulled out. That's why the people that don't want to go forth and change, don't want to embrace the new beginning, they are the ones that's going to be caught into a place that they don't want to be. Luke 
21. Warning to what? For the coming. But take heed to yourselves. Least your heart be weighted down with carousing. And I looked up the word carousing. Luke 21 and 34. It says the activity of drinking alcohol and enjoying oneself with others in a, it's a noisy, lively way. And a lot of times, I want to deal with you with your friends and your family huh, and the noise that's in your head and how you drunk off your own wine. Huh, and God is trying to pull you out of situations, circumstances in your life. Huh, but you're so drunk on your own wine. Huh, what is going on in your head? Huh, what is it that you feel that you're obligated to in this world? Huh, and you're going to sacrifice everything because you drunk on your own wine and somebody else is poisoning you with, your, with their wine that is on you and you cannot tell the difference between what is God and what is your flesh and what is them. Huh? You got to shut down the noise in your head. Huh? God is trying to pull you out of situations and circumstances huh? but you got to hearken and heed to the voice of God. Huh? God is sending true prophets, prophets in the land. Huh? God is sending true people in the land. Huh? But the voice is so small that you can't hear because of that noise and the drunkenness huh? and the lively lifestyle that you're living. Huh? And God is trying to tell you to change. Huh? God is trying to tell you to come up. Huh? Oh, God is trying to do a whole lot of things. Huh? But you better understand now. Huh? God is trying to sober you up huh? that you can come forth in him like never before. Drunkenness and says and cares of this life. Huh? We so worried about this. Huh? We so worried about that. Huh? But you're not really focusing on the spiritual things huh? and the signs and wonders in the land huh? that Jesus Christ is soon to come. God is trying to pull you up out of some things. It says, and that day comes on you unexpectedly. You need to understand something. God is going to do something quick. He's trying to come back and move on you again. For some of you, there's a season that God is going to move on you and pull you up out of some things. But you got to be paying close attention. You can't be worried about their faces. God told Jeremiah, don't you worry about their face. You don't worry about what that what, what I'm telling you to say to them. Don't you look at them. Don't you pay attention to the claws and mouth, the things in their tongues. You need to understand what God is saying in this hour. You're so worried about what people are going to think and like you, but you're going to cost you to lose your soul in the end time because God is trying to do a new thing. Think it not strange. Isaiah said that he's going to do something new in your life, but you're not in a place that you want to receive God. Some people say that they want to receive God. Some people say that they want to change, but they really don't want to change. They want to stay in a place huh, that they are comfortable with. Huh? Isaiah huh, 43 tells you in verse 13, it says, do not remember the former things. Do not consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Are you ignorant to the fact of what God is trying to do? All that God has blessed you with, all that God has brought you out of, huh, you still not Understanding the times and the season that's in your life. It may not be your mama's season. It may not be the pastor's season. But is it your season? And I love something about Isaiah that he says. Isaiah 43 and 2. It says when you pass. 
pass through the waters, I will be with you. This chains is pulling out. It may seem like it's overwhelming. It may seem like it's too much in your life. But God said, I got you in the midst of it. You got to understand something. God is in the business of sending life raft. God is in the business of pulling you up out of situations. I looked at the word rescue. It says we have saved someone from a dangerous or distressing situation. What is getting your nerve down? What is it causing you to repent over and over again? What is it that God is trying to rescue you out of? What is it that you don't have faith in? What is it that God is speaking in your life that you don't want to let go of? What is God doing and saying in your life that you feel that his arms are not short enough to save you and his word is too short that it ain't can't pull you up out of the deepest ocean. But some of us don't want to be rescued. It says the second definition of it is, it says an act of saving or being saved from a dangerous or distress. God pulls you out just for you to come and get in a place that you get a second chance with him. God is trying to rescue you from things in your life huh, that seem like it's getting you down. Huh? You're looking at the people. Huh? You're looking at your family. You're looking at your friends. Huh? But God is looking at you. Huh? He's trying to save your soul from something that's causing you distress and aggravation. you always trying to please them, but yet they ain't doing nothing and they're not even law to you. God is trying to pull you out. God is trying to save you from something. And you really don't want to be saved. You want to stay there in your suffering state and act like God ain't doing nothing. God is doing what he said he's going to do in his word. You better understand that the word of God that's in your head may not be the same word of God that's in the Bible. It says, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. I'm in Isaiah 43 and 3. You need to understand something. How much do you trust God? How much are you leaning and depending on his word? You need to understand, like Jeremiah said, it's just like fire. That fire will get on you, and you'll move so fast you don't even know what happened. And your enemies, the people that's causing you distress, aggravation, and frustration, they're going to get back because of the fire in the presence of God. You're going to get caught up. And just like the chariots of fire came down and met Jeremiah, you need to understand something. The chariots of fire going to come down just like Elijah and catch you up. He's going to swoop you up out of this stuff. But now, because you are so caught up in the naysayers, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Luke 21. In 30, 35, let's go here to Matthew 24, 36. You don't understand what God is trying to do. He's trying to pull you up out of dead works, dead relationships, bad jobs, 
people, family, bad churches, and etc. When I mean bad churches, you are in the wrong place, and you're not in a place that you're really being productive or being used in this last hour of your gift. They're sitting there prostituting you and pimping you somewhere, and you thinking that they're going to say, yes, I'm going to give it to you, I'm going to give it to you, but your time never comes, but yet you'll stay locked up in that church, leaning and depending on every word that the pastor or somebody else that's in charge is telling you, but yet you don't have the strength to get up and leave and seek and what and see what God is trying to say you say to you so that you can be used and then your gift is getting dormant it's laying cold it's not being activated and you're dying if you're not using your God-given talent for the things of God you're going to sit there and the Bible says least we die because you're not allowing God to use you you're not doing what God has called you to do I don't care what you do in this life if you're not doing what God has called you to do you're never going to be happy you're never going to be fulfilled because you're not fulfilling the one that gave you life the one that's there for you all the time through the thick and thin you're not pleasing him how can you walk this Christian life and never please God never get upset never get under no understanding how can you sit there laying dormant in your gift and your talent how can you live this life and never please the one that served you and God has laid out a table and he's the one that's serving the people at the table. But yet you don't understand it because you're worried about people. You're worried about things. You're worried about what you're going to lose. Sometimes you got to lose in order to gain in Christ. Because the blessing of the Lord make it rich and have no sorrow. So whatever it is that you give and talent that you got. And if you're not being used by God, you're not being served. You're not being led by the spirit of Christ. And God cannot add to it. You got to understand something when God prepares a table. He just don't give you the meat and, and all the vegetables. He gives you the meat on the table. He gives you the napkin. He gives it, you the fork to eat. And some of you sitting at these dead dry churches. And all they feed you is mashed potatoes and some greens. But you need a protein every now and then. Pulled out. An act of taking hold of something. Exerting force to draw it towards one. Who is that one? It's Jesus Christ. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. But the question is, do you want to be rescued? Sometimes people get in the place that they love the wrong one. They love the problems. They love the abuse. They love the pain. So they, because, it, because they have disconnected themselves from the voice and the will of God, they can take on other people, personalities, and they become who that person wants them to be. And they never come into the place they fulfill it because sometimes the Bible says, and what is going to happen in this hour, and it's happening, you got to understand something. Not only are the people's hearts going wax cold, but he's going to turn them over to a reprobate mind. Huh? And some people don't understand why they're going through this vicious cycle year after year, day after day, because God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. Huh? So because they are hung between two opinions, that's why they can't make up their mind. Huh? They're in this vicious cycle. And when your person is in a vicious cycle, they go from yes to no, yes to no, yes to no. And they don't understand what is happening. God is turning them over to a reprobate mind because they fail to hearken to the voice of God. One of the things about God, he speaks to you. Then he speaks through his word. Then he sends a prophet your way. When you get to that place that you shut everything down and you listen to somebody else that's not even saved 
and walking upright before love. They become your God. So therefore, the God of this world, which is Jesus Christ, he's the one that steps away. And the God that's in Babylon, in this natural world, becomes your God. And he's going to bring you what? Delusions. False lies. False doctrine. Because you fail to hear the voice of God. Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also we will, it says, will the coming of the Son of Man. For as the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving into marriage. That means they were carrying on life just like it is now. And God going to crack the sky. And if your soul is not right, you're going to miss it. And if God does not pull you out seasons before this thing happened and you don't understand what is happening, sometimes you just got to go. You know there's something else that's pulling you. You got to listen and discern what is happening in the spirit realm. They were just carrying on and stuff. You don't understand God is just not going to just come in and crack the sky and people be caught up. You got to understand that God is sending signs and wonders. God is dealing with the people's heart, but the people's heart has grown wax cold. They don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand even the voice of God. They don't understand the things that's happening in the world because their heart has become so disconnected with the spiritual things of God and they just carry on life as usual. They're crazy. They're mixed up. They're confused. They lying, they they ravelous, they committing all kind of adultery, fornication. They're in the works of the flesh and they don't understand what is happening. And we sit here thinking that God don't know what he's doing. God knows exactly what he's doing. But do you want to be saved? Do you want God to pull you up out of some situations? Some of us say that we do, but why is it hard for you to let go of yourself? But you jump and shout and say that you love God, but yet obeying him is a whole nother situation. And we don't understand what God is saying and what God is doing. And then we in a place that we just like, okay, whatever it is, because you've gotten tired of yourself, but you haven't gotten so tired of yourself that you run to Jesus Christ. You just succumb to the pressures of life. And that's what they was telling you here in the book of Matthew. They got to the place that they were just so caught up in everything that they're doing. And they don't understand. You can go to Galatians, the fifth chapter. Now the works of the flesh are evident. That means it's plain and clear. It's out there for your full focus and understanding. Because you're so busy looking at Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and all of these things that causes distraction. It is a pain that is already designed in this world, this natural world, to take you away from the things of God. And they lie and they connive it. They saying all kind of things. And they give you a word or two and you think it and take it as though that was God. And God said, that ain't me. There are going to be wars and rumors of wars. But that is not me. It's to speed up your spirit of fear. They're going to say I'm here. And God said that's not going to be me. All of these things. 
or hacking. Which are what? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, licentiousness, adultery, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition. Look at all of this stuff they're saying. But you don't want God to pull you out. You really don't want to be rescued because you in love with your wine so much. Some of you, you've been basing it in your, in, your ba in your basement so long that it's become so potent and stronger. The longer the wine stays in the cellar, the more potent it comes. That's why you got to understand something. Jesus brought out... Let me go big for that. And that's why when you go to the winery, the good wine is all the way down. And the things that's been sitting a long time. But you got to understand something. Jesus didn't bring out the good wine at the beginning. He brought out the good wine at the end. And God is saying, I'm trying to save you from the end. But we don't understand that. You don't understand what God is saying. Everything God is trying to do, he's saving the best for last. He's giving us good wine in the beginning, but the best wine is that your soul do not be lost. And that he pulls you up out of these things that's causing you to stumble in him. Matthew. 24. Giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. Look at all of these people going to be washed away. But God is trying to rescue you. Let's go on. Verse 40, then two will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. I want to deal with this for a minute. God is trying to take you up and separate you from those that's working in the field. Because in the end times, he's trying to give you rest from your worries, from your cares of life. This is the hour not to be caught up in people and things. This is the hour not to be so self-centered about yourself. Because some people can't move and do things in God because it's all about them. They're always in pain. They're always suffering. But yet they don't want to enter into God's rest, which is the perfect place in God. That you can hear God and be in a place that God can use you and move about. And that you know that God has got you, you and your problems and your situation. Just like Isaiah 43 said. And you don't understand what God is trying to do. Because God is moving and shifting things in your life. Because you cannot take the furniture being out of place because you got it where you want but sometimes you need God to come in and uproot some things so he can plant something new in your life two women would be gathering at the meal grinding at the meal one would be taken and the other will be left watch therefore for you do not know your hour the Lord is coming but know that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would 
have watched and did not allow, says allow the house to be broken in. God is trying to pull you out before the thief comes and tear down your spiritual house. People been going through a lot and God is trying to breathe new life in them. He's doing it by shifting them. Sometimes you're going to have to move on your last breath, but just like you got to cross the finish line. line. The Bible says it's not the one that runs the fastest, but the one that endures. You got to endure. Sometimes you got to take that last breath, breath, that last run and that last energy in order to make it over the finish line. And then God brings about a shift. Then you can come into the place that you can rest and understand. But don't give up. Because the finish line is just ahead of you. And you don't understand this. You're watching with your natural eye. But you're not watching in the things of God. And God is trying to do something in our lives. He's trying to pull us up. He's trying to catch us before we fall. So we can meet him in his second coming. Go to me to Revelations. The third chapter. But before I go to Revelations, the third chapter, I want to talk about your friends. I want to talk about you. If you find yourself in this situation, you may um, want to reevaluate where you are at in God. And I'm going to talk about the seven churches as seven personalities or the people that's got you in a place that you can't hear God. And it may be you. Because I told you, there are some things around us that keeps us bogged down with problems and situations where we cannot move because we're afraid of what they may say or what they may do. So when I was looking up at the seven churches in the book of Revelations, some of us uh, don't understand that we got some people in our lives that are from Ephesus. It says the church or the people that had abandoned the first faith. You may know some people in your life that you're still connected with and they are, they, they are in the place of uh, they have abandoned their faith. You don't understand something. The church of Ephesus, you may understand that you may have a friend that has abandoned their faith, but why are you associating yourself with that type of person or that type of personality? Or you may be walking in that type of personality. Then you may be a person that is in Smyrna, or you may have some friends that in the place of Smyrna where they have faced persecution, severe persecution, and they don't understand it. They have abandoned their faith because every time you go, they're going through, they have suffered severe persecution in their life. They had gone through things as childhood, and it seemed like they just can't get enough. They can't get around it. And you got to understand something. You got to back away from things because you can't take them everybody's problems uh, and everybody that's going through something you've gone through something but you still got the whole door Pergamus oh you may know some people that need to repent huh? you may be one of those persons huh? you may be one of those personalities that you need to get to a place huh, that you are, are trying to repent 
and make things right and really give God your heart. There's something why it keeps pulling you down in your life. You need to get down to the root of the matter. The axe has been laid to the root. You need to understand something. God may have to cut up some things in your life. You may need to get down to the place that you get in the place that you allow pride and your prestige and your education and your fine cars and houses that you can go back to that wee little person and repent and make things right. It's strange how God blesses us and we get the big head and we don't want to go back and humble ourselves. Oh, but in this last hour, if you don't humble your hand, yourself in the mighty hands of God, God is going to humble the pride. Oh, maybe you've been one of those people at Tyra Tyra that got have been caught, caught up in, in, in the false prophets. Oh, maybe Jezebel huh, has been whispering in your ears, huh, and you don't went to all of these false churches and, and these false prophets and these people lying to you. Huh, so you got caught up in the false doctrine huh, and you led, been led astray huh, by the false prophecies. Huh, they taking the word of God huh, and mixing with portions and sorcery, huh, and you got into the place of divination. Huh, they hearing huh, from a source, but it's not the source of God. Huh, and you need to understand something. They always got a word, but never the benefit of themselves, huh? the benefit, and they're never benefiting off of the things that they're doing, huh? but they're so busy spreading false doctrine, huh? they're so busy operating in the spirit of Jezebel, huh? because as long as I can give you a false word, huh? and you never hear the voice of God, huh? you're going to always be in a place that I can control you, because one of the things, the aspects of a Jezebel spirit, huh? and giving you false prophecy, is to control you, and the things in your household, so that means you'll never be designed to get free, because they've got the lockdown on you, huh? you have surrendered your spirit, to something that was not of God. There was many gods in Egypt. You need to understand something. You better get to the place that you go and see God. Turn off every devices that keep you going here and there so that the false prophecy do not lead you astray from the things of God. Or you surround somebody that's as sadist. They need to wake up out of some situations. Oh, you know, they've been asleep a long time. And they all the time, they may wake up every now and then. And they may remember what God is saying. And then they fall asleep. That's one of the things about it is. Have you fallen asleep? Are you willing with somebody trying to keep, continue to go back and help them? And they continue to fall asleep. They don't what the word of God is saying. But yet they're not active, moving, living, and working through the things of God. They're not exercising on the word. Because they're so busy asleep. Why? Because they're lazy. They walk in contrary to the things of God. Anything that does not have energy towards the things of God or excitement and a zeal for Christ, it does not matter. But when you look at them and their job and their careers, they are blossoming. But in the things of God, they're not prospering. If they are always sleeping slow, they're going to come to church five hours late. They're going to come five hours behind something. Anything with God, they have fallen asleep. But they need to wake up. Then you got the church of Lodicea. 
that got lukewarm faith. Every time things get right, everything seems like things are going good. They got high time faith. Oh, but it seemed like when they got to go through a trial and a tribulation, they got lukewarm faith. They don't know how to hold on. They don't know how to endure. You may have a friend like that. And every time you get on the high time, you go and take your, your zeal and your excitement and your fresh refilling of the Holy Ghost. And you're trying to always put them on the life preserver table and pump them up. But in this hour, you cannot pump anybody else up. If they're going to be lukewarm, let them be lukewarm. If they filthy, let them be filthy still. If they're going to be righteous, let them be righteous still. You cannot keep going back trying to save somebody that don't want to be rescued. Or that may be you. Then you may be a person like Philadelphia. They have Patiently preserved. Because it's not the one that runs the fastest. It's the one that endures. Let's go to Revelations, the third chapter. Revelations 3 and 7. It says, and the angel of the church in Philadelphia writes, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, who has the keys of David, who has opened and it says, who he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength. Have kept my word and have not denied my name. This is the reason why God. It's going to come in and pull because you held on. And you kept the faith. And he's giving you the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts. And shuts and no one opens. That means nobody because you held on. Can't nobody block your blessing. Can't nobody block what God is doing in your life. Because you held on. And he's giving you the best wine now. Because of all your years of going through and laboring and you have not walked away from me. And I saw your affliction. I saw your persecution. I saw what your mommy and your daddy did. I saw what your husband did. I saw what your children did. I saw what all of those other churches did to you. Because you came out from among them and separated yourselves. Now I'm going to reward you. I'm going to do something for you. You always praying for somebody else. You always laboring for somebody else. Huh? And you never put yourself first. Huh? You always doing everything for everybody else. But now God says, I'm going to reward you. And can't nobody do nothing about it. And this is what God is saying in this last hour. He's trying to pull us out. And he's trying to do some things. I want to read you some more stuff in Revelation, the third chapter. Let's go down to verse 9. Revelation 3 and 9. It says, indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of saints who say they are Jews and are not, 
but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. He said, I'm going to bless you. All those that talked about you. All those devils that came up against you. For my name's sake. We're talking about people that are martyrs for Jesus Christ. A martyr is somebody that's persecuted for their religious belief. Set before your feet and to know that I will have love you. Because you have kept my commandments to preserve, I will also keep you from the hour of terror which, will, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Because you allow God to take you through. Because you allow God to pull you out. And you heard and followed the voice of God. And this is what he's saying. You didn't fall prey to any of this stuff that's happening in the world. You did not allow all of these devices to detour you from me. You saw through what they were texting. You saw through what they were saying out of their mouths. You allow me to abide in you. And now I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to save you. Because you held on. Verse 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. He's already blessed you. He says the crown. You already got it on your head. That's a sign of royalty. That tells everybody else that you have a position. That you stand above all. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem, who comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He's going to change your circumstances. Pulled out just in the nick of time. You saw, you heard, and you obeyed what God was saying. I pray that something's been said and done. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen.